And he shall be called the one wise men seek, the one enthroned in the heavens and in the minds of his people, the one high above and yet a man acquainted with our sorrow, the word itself, the one worthy of our trust, the one who knows the depths of the ocean and every hair on our heads. The one whose words are light itself, and the one who holds on, even on the darkest night. The one who declares worthy, enough, and holy loves in the midst of our heartache. The one who invites us into wholeness. The one whose glory is goodness, fullness of joy, and freedom. The one who is Messiah. Christ our Savior who is coming again. He shall be called Wonderful Counselor. We're going to start in Isaiah 9 if you have your Bibles. We are talking about our God as the Wonderful Counselor tonight. So Isaiah 9, 6-7 through 7 says, For to us a child is born, To us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and with righteousness. From this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord will do this. I have come to tell you tonight that our God is a wonderful counselor who is listening and speaking to give his people incomprehensible wisdom and understanding to see his kingdom fill the earth through faithful and obedient sons and daughters. Let's pray. Father God in heaven, we are just asking for you to pour out fresh grace upon us tonight, that we may know you for who you truly are and encounter you in a deeper way today, God. We are asking that you would just move in our midst, come Holy Spirit, bring the unity of the Spirit among the saints here tonight, that there would just be an agreement and a yes in our hearts to your word and to your power and to your name by which you are called, to see your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. All right, so before we jump into all the good stuff that I want to share, I really want us to be firmly rooted in just some context and history of what this name means in its original text. And Mark Parrott is a new friend of ours, but a faithful friend to many people here. He heard that we were speaking on Wonderful Counselor this week, last week, and he just jumped in. There was just something stirred in his spirit, and he said, I want to know what the original text, like what does it Wonderful Counselor mean? 
from Isaiah 9, from the original language. And he shared all of these awesome notes with us, which I oh, thank you for doing my job for me if you're here. I appreciate it. Um, but really, thank you for, for using the gift on your life, the hunger and the, the value for truth and study and understanding and teaching to bless this house. So thanks for sharing that with us. And really, thank you for um, doing that for me. That was great. Um, so what he sh one of the things that he shared that I thought was so beautiful was the original meaning of wonderful and counselor. And from Isaiah 9, the Hebrew word for wonderful, it means incomprehensible. This idea that it's just drawing our attention to this awe and fear of God and just the otherness of God, that he is he's just so incomprehensible. He's infinite, he's infallible, he's all-knowing, unchanging, incomprehensible in his understanding, wisdom, and knowledge. And I just was like, yes, and amen. Like, guys, that is who he is. That's how big he is and how amazing he is. And that is what it means for him to be wonderful. And from the original Hebrew. And then counselor, I love this. It means wise commander. And it was used to describe how kings would leverage wisdom to give commands to officers in battle, and which I also just loved. And so it's important for us to understand that we, all of us who claim Jesus as our Lord and Savior, that we have a Savior King, a wonderful counselor, an everlasting Father, who is an incomprehensible, wise commander. Like, that is who he is Right now, in our lives, it's who he is, and he is listening and he's speaking today to us to give us supernatural and incomprehensible wisdom and strategy and counsel to make his name famous in our days right now. So do you know him? Like, do you actually know this incomprehensible, wise counselor? Do you really know him as that? And have you, is he the one whom you have attached your hope to in these days? Like Chris talked about last week with the everlasting father, like this incomprehensible, wise commander. Have you attached yourself to him? Is he the one that has your attention? And is he the one who you're going to as Lord of all in these days for counsel and wisdom? So there's going to be a slide up, um, and I want you guys to stay with me in faith. Is it up there? Do you see it yet? Okay. I want you to say it together with me. I want you to say, my life will never be the same after today. The word of God is powerful, and I give it permission to change my life forever. My life will never be the same. After today, things are going to be different. Who's excited? I'm excited. All right, so guys, this is true. But our lives can never be the same when we are, receive a fresh revelation from the heart of God. It is impossible for us to remain unchanged in his presence. So go there with me. I'm so excited. And as we get started, again, I just want us to be so anchored on the word of God and just believing that the truth that our God is a wonderful counselor and he's listening and speaking to us. And without us being anchored on the truth in this understanding and in this name of God, then we just can't really go far from here. So one of the main things I want to draw all of our attention to is that it is one of his names that he gave himself. And so it must be who he is. And that's so 
comforting to me because it just kind of like silences all doubt or questions. He refers to himself as the wonderful counselor, so he must be a wonderful counselor. And we just need to take him at his word and believe that he truly is one who speaks and gives wise counsel. Because, like, if we went to a human counselor, like human flesh and bones here, we would go and we would expect someone to, like, respond to us, right? We don't just, like, go and share all of our stuff and air all of our grievances and then just, like, leave and they they just stay quiet. No, like, we don't do that. We could just, if that was the case, we would just go and, like, I don't know, talk to a bird or, or a, a tree and, and save a lot of money, you know? And, and that's just, that's not what we, you would go to a counselor for. You go seeking the wisdom of someone who has insight and wisdom and knowledge to speak into, you know, whatever's going on. And so why is it so hard for us to believe that the most wonderful counselor would not also be speaking back? To us in these days, that he wouldn't be speaking, that we couldn't hear him, when it's one of his names that he gave himself. And everything that has been made and created, that we see, that we touch and experience in our world today, including our very existence as humans, began with him speaking a word. And he spoke, and it came into being. And he loves to speak. When he speaks, Anything is possible. Creation begins. Life begins. New things are created and birthed out of nothing. In creation, in our hearts, and in our lives, and our families, when he speaks, the dead are raised to life. Healing breaks out. Families are restored. And nations are rescued. In Psalm 33, 6, it says, He spoke, he commanded, and it came to be. And later in verse 11, it says, The counsel of the Lord stands forever. And in Isaiah 28, 29, it says, This also comes from the Lord of hosts. He is wonderful in counsel and excellent in wisdom. I love how counsel and wisdom are paired together in these verses. I just appreciate that so much. And in Psalm 32, 8, he says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go. I will counsel you with my eyes upon you. So are you ready yet to take God at his word? Um, It is a step of of faith to believe that God is speaking and wants to speak to each of us and that you can hear him. But why is it so hard for us to actually believe that? Because we already believe that a virgin gave birth to our Savior King, And we also believe that that same Savior King died, was buried, and then raised from the dead three days later. But it's, we just, for some reason, we feel like it's it's too much to believe that God could actually be speaking. That the one who created us for intimate relationship with him in the garden from the beginning, who walked and conversed with Adam and Eve, that why would he not, who calls himself Wonderful Counselor, Why would he not be speaking? Why can't we believe that? Oh, it's going to change your life today. I'm so excited. So it's all over his word. Jesus says in John 10, 3 through 4, The sheep hear his voice. He calls his own by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Psalm 27, 8 says, You have said, Seek my face, and my heart says to you, 
Your face, Lord, do I seek. Do you hear the dialogue between and the intimate relationship between God and man in those verses? With a word, our God, a word. He created the heavens and earth and the fullness thereof. He calls Jesus the word of God. John 1.1 says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And in Hebrews 1.3, he says, He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature to uphold the universe by the what? The word of his power. He loves to speak words. He loves the word. Words are so beautiful to him. Again, he created everything from nothing with a word. And when he speaks, he creates. He is the word. In the very beginning, he spoke, and he's still speaking today. And we were created for this intimate relationship with God. We were created to have this dialogue, this he says and I say to you back and forth, this relationship. And unfortunately, due to sin, that relationship was broken in the garden. And But it was restored, the good news is, because Jesus came and made a way when that veil was torn through the blood of Jesus. He made a way for us to have a restored relationship with the living God. Full restoration. So of course there would be an assault on this promise and gift from God for the children of God. Because the enemy of God knows that if the children of God, the children of light, the co-heirs with Christ, if they knew that they knew that they knew that God was speaking to them, and that he wants to speak to you, and that he has purposes to accomplish through this intimate relationship with him. If we actually knew that and lived in that place, we would see him come and move and reign on the earth like never before. On earth as it is in heaven would be the reality that we walked in because we were in relationship with him in this intimate way. His bride, if she knew that she knew that she could hear his voice and walk in obedience, and that obedience would unlock beautiful transformation all around her, if she knew that, his bride, we, his church, would be incomprehensibly free and empowered to usher in the ways of heaven on earth right now in our days, in this city, in our families, in our lives. And so I want to share a little bit of my testimony in growing in this journey because I haven't always had this revelation from God and just share it with you um, and what I've learned in hearing and knowing him as my wonderful counselor and incomprehensible wise commander. So I grew up in a Christian home, which I'm just so thankful for. It's truly, I know, is such a gift, and I'm just so thankful for that gift in my family. And as, as far back as I can remember, I feel like I've always had this gift of faith in the sense, early on, in the sense of like, I, I just always knew that Jesus was true. 
and real and that his word was true and that just like was never a question in me like it was just always from a young age and and in high school I actually dated a Mormon and it was in it was my only other boyfriend other than Chris um, and it was then where I really had to dig deep in the word of God and figure out okay God what is true what does your word say Jesus who are you and and what is truth and in doing so, I really did truly discover that the Jesus of the Bible is quite different than the Jesus of the religion of Mormonism. And it was in that season and in that relationship in my life where it just sparked this hunger for knowledge of the Word of God. I just wanted to know Him as much as I could. And through His Word in that season of my life was just the only way that I really knew how to do that. And so... Um, I had the Word of God, but I didn't really have much of an understanding or any real grid for the Holy Spirit in those days. And so I went to college to this sweet, tiny little Christian school in Southern California called Biola University. And every um, fall and spring, they would have this like missions conference, and, and one of the speakers that came in, um, her name was Becky Tirabasi. I was a sophomore in college, and... She comes in, and she's just this fiery lover of Jesus. Like, there was just something about this woman that, like, stirred something and woke something up in my heart. I was like, who are you, and who do you know? Because I don't know if I know the Jesus that you know. Like, you're just so alive and full of faith and it just stirred something in me. And so she shares her testimony of salvation and, and her testimony of growing and spending time with God. And she talks about this accountability group that she started with some of her peers. And they called it the Burning Hearts Club. And, and it was this group of friends that they, they committed to each other back in, when they were in college. And, you know, she was like 30 years down the line from there when she was sharing. She's like, the Burning Hearts Club was we were committed to spending an hour with God every single day. And she talked about hearing God and knowing God. And, and I didn't really know what that meant, but I was like, I want that. Like, whatever that is, like, I want it. So she says she spent an hour a day with God, that that must be how you get to know God and hear God in this way. And so I just started, I'm going to do that because I want all of it. Everything she's saying, everything she's walking in, like I just want it. And so I just started doing it. I started, I didn't feel like I didn't know what I was doing. I felt like I was just trying and as best as I knew how to get somewhere that I wanted to go with God. And so it felt really awkward at first. It felt like, this faith journey, and it felt like I just didn't know what I was doing. And um, but God is faithful, and even in where you know, it kind of felt like I was learning how to walk. You know, you're like wobbly, but you think you know you're going somewhere good. You think, and it's gonna be fruitful. You think, and then you start walking, and you're like, this is amazing. And so I feel like it was like that. And but God was just building a foundation in those days of his written word in my heart. Even though I didn't, she talked about hearing God. And that to me, as someone who grew up in the church and felt like this very like unknown and unfamiliar and honestly like this like ultra spiritual thing that felt very other than my experience or understanding. 
And so several years later, Chris and I are married and we're living in Texas and we're really involved. He was on staff at a Bible church in College Station and it was one that he was involved with in college and so that was kind of the full circle there. And Very like deep and rich in the word, but the Holy Spirit was just kind of like asleep in that place. And honestly, a lot of the time... Um, the word was used to explain away why the spirit was quiet or wasn't actually working the way that the Bible says he moved or spoke. And um, and so at the same time, um, some of one of Chris's best friends from college was planting Antioch College Station that same year. And we were just friends with them and doing life with them. And we were seeing life. We were seeing abundant life. We were seeing power. We were seeing uh, abundant generosity. We were seeing a church alive in God and revival happening in their midst. People getting healed. People being saved and set free from addiction and just wild things that you read about in Acts. But I hadn't really experienced personally in church here in America ever before. And um, and so we were just like, God, we're hungry. We, we want that. We want more of that. And so in his kindness, God made a way for Chris to get a random job doing a random thing through God's provision so that we could leave his job at the Bible church and just begin attending Antioch and, um, and just be a part of what God was doing in our midst, in our city, in those days with our friends. And so enter the blessed Holy Spirit into our lives. It is, you guys, it is so amazing what happens when you actually take God at his whole word, like the whole thing, and receive the full gift of the Holy Spirit that you received upon putting your faith in Jesus. Like Chris said a few weeks ago when he shared about our value of holiness, when we believe in Jesus, he puts his holiness inside of us and gives us the most amazing gift of the Holy Spirit, our incomprehensible wise commander, the most wonderful counselor. And Jesus had a lot to say about the Holy Spirit. So we're going to buckle up. I'm going to, you think Chris has a lot of verses? Well, Jackson told me that I actually beat him out, so you're welcome. Okay, so John 14, 26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. John 16, 13 says, when, not if, when, when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. John 15, 26, Jesus says, but when, oh, there's that word again. It doesn't say if. It actually says when. When the helper comes, whom I will send. Do you know Jesus is a man of his word? Do you know that everything that's ever been said about Jesus has happened, or is going to happen. Like, can we just come into agreement and in unity on that one truth, that what he says reigns, and it will happen. And he's a man of his word. So he will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, and he will bear witness about me. 
John 16, 7, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And John 14, 16 through 17 says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, you know him. For he dwells with you and will be in you. You guys, the world cannot receive him because he's all too wonderful. He is so other than us, incomprehensible, and he dwells with us and in us from the mouth of Jesus himself. Do you believe it, church? Do you know him as your wonderful counselor? I'm excited. Okay, so back to our journey as we're like getting to know, truly know the Holy Spirit through the Word of God and through other people of God who just knew him more intimately, had been walking with him more intimately than we had. And honestly, it began with repentance. We, the, the Word of God says that he will look to the one who is humble and contrite in spirit, who trembles at his word. And we began to repent in those days for every single agreement that we had ever made with any man that the Holy Spirit wasn't who the Bible said he was, in us, through us, today in our midst, in power, in revelation, all of it. We were repenting for believing something that wasn't true about God. For every time that we let man explain away his gifts, every time we let man explain away his power and the power of his presence, and as we repented for every lie that we ever believed about him, we began to encounter God in a new and powerful way that changed our lives forever. We, get, we began to spend time with God daily through his word and through worship and through beginning this practice of giving room to listen for him, to put questions before him and listen to him. And um, we began tending and taking care of our hearts and doing a lot of heart work with him and repenting for lies that we believed in other areas of our life, about other people, about situations, about promises that he's already spoken that, that are true because he's spoken them. And and we, as we began to repent, he would begin to give us truth from his word in exchange. And do you know that where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And he put his spirit inside of you. And so complete freedom is possible when you link heart and mind with the spirit of holiness living inside of you. So... Remember when I said earlier that this is a faith journey, but our whole relationship with God is a faith journey. It says, by grace you've been saved through Yes. So, what's a little more faith, okay? What if we actually just call to mind every verse that I've already shared and countless others that are in the Word of God and actually take God at His Word? This is why faith is one of the pillars of our blueprint here at Amy. So we began to do just that in our personal journey with God. We began learning how to listen and hear and um, 
And it's his Holy Spirit inside of us that is speaking to us. And in those early days, it was uncomfortable, and it felt like a discipline and a choice of faith to walk. And learning, learning what his voice sounds like takes faith. And we need to stop letting our lack of faith or someone else's lack of faith define whether or not God is speaking. He is speaking, period, complete sentence. It is a matter of whether or not we are listening and we know how to listen because his word is living and it's active. And so do you believe it? We ready? We believe in it? So in college, I remember I was sharing, I didn't know she was this sweet lady who just loved Jesus so on fire. I was talking about how she would hear God. She would spend time with God and she would hear God. And it just like transformed her whole life. And I just wanted it. But up until this point, I still didn't really know what that meant. And um, I had this lofty, like made up perspective of what it meant to hear God, that it was this audible voice or only certain people heard or, you know, burning bush type stuff. And, and, but you guys, he's so much closer. Remember, he put his spirit of holiness inside of us to be with us, in us, always. Like that is a promise from Jesus. And he speaks to our spirit through his spirit of holiness within us. And most of the time, get ready, okay? It sounds like your own voice in your own head, okay? Because he's inside of you. And it really is that simple and accessible. And this is where, this is important, this is where knowing his word and his character through his word are foundational and so important. Because the more that we immerse ourselves in his word and his character, the more that we know what he's already said, we begin to recognize his voice better. And it enables us and empowers us to bring to remembrance all that he's already spoken. And so his word says that he speaks in many ways in Hebrews 1. Do we believe that he speaks and is speaking yet? The wonderful counselor, the incomprehensible wise commander, has a lot to say to each one of us. He speaks through his written word um, in 2 Timothy 3.16. This is foundational. As we build on this foundation of what he's already said, we actually learn how to recognize his voice because it will sound like something you've already read that he's already spoken. So if you hear something that, does, that contradicts what he's already said about himself, or about you as a child of God, or anything that is in contradiction to what he's already written in his written word, then it is not a spirit, the spirit of God. Because you better believe that we have a real enemy with his nasty spirits that are trying to get in our heads, especially in these days when people are speaking and spewing and believing so many lies about so many different things, whether it's body image or, I don't know, just insecurities and different things that people believe lies about. You know, like, they're out there. There's lots of lies floating around and that we let in because we become come into agreement with a spirit that isn't our wise counselor and isn't our wonderful wise commander that's incomprehensible. And so 
He speaks through his word, and if it doesn't sound, remember the thought in your mind that you hear that comes to mind when you're asking God and engaging with him in that time with him, like if it doesn't sound like something from his word, and if it contradicts who he says that he is, it's not him. So that's just a good like guardrail. He also speaks through thoughts and pictures. We see this in John 7, 38, where it says, whoever believes in me, as the scripture said, Chris actually shared this earlier, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Okay, I don't actually have like a constantly flowing river happening, right? That's like a figure of speech. It's a picture of what he's trying to communicate, okay? So sometimes he speaks through thoughts and pictures. Sometimes our, oh my goodness, sorry guys, that was didn't realize I was doing it like that. Um, sometimes he speaks in dreams. And we see this several places in scripture, but in Job 33, 15 through 16, it says, In a dream and a vision of the night, when, I deep sleep, when a deep sleep falls on men, while they slumber on their beds, then he opens the ears of men and terrifies them with warning. And in Acts 2, 17, it says, In the last days it shall be, God decrees, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. He speaks through visions, okay? There's this account in Acts 10, 3, where um, it's just this account of a guy named Cornelius, and it says, Cornelius saw clearly in a vision an angel of God come in and say to him, Cornelius, and then like encourage him in his faith and give him direction in moving forward. And through nature, Romans 1, 19 through 20 says, what can be known about God is plain to them because he has shown it to them for his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and the things that have been made. He is Lord of all, and all really does mean all. And he's creator of all. And so he, and he's creative. I mean, look at the variety of people in this room that he's created. And the variety of fish and flowers and different types of trees and grass. Like, he is not limited to one, like, box, you know? Like, he is speaking. And, and so many ways throughout scripture where we see him speaking in these different ways. And so when we were early in this journey, like very early days, learning how to walk by faith and not by sight. Again, faith journey. But that's our whole thing. So we need to like jump over that hurdle, okay? And in these early days, we were trying to get pregnant with our first baby. And it had been almost a year of trying and no baby. And it was a really hard journey. And a really lonely journey in those days because I couldn't really wrap my mind or reconcile with wanting something so much and believing it was what I was made for and like not being able to do anything about it. I felt so helpless and alone because everyone around me was just looking at each other and getting pregnant in that season of our life. Like literally, it was just like, oh, here we go, like just down the line. And, and it was lonely and it was hard and and that was the season of life that we were in when we were walking out this journey and, and walking in faith in these ways. And, and after a year of waiting, we finally got pregnant. And we were so overjoyed. We had just moved into our new house, and it was a Friday morning, and I was spending time with God in that space with him. And I just, again, it was like the practicing of the 
the like having this dialogue with God and letting his spirit speak to my spirit. And I asked, I said, Father, who do you, after we we'd found out we were pregnant, I said, Father, who do you say that I am? And I heard in my spirit, like in my head, I heard the Holy Spirit speak, you are a vessel of my glory. And at the moment, I thought like, okay, I'm pregnant. I'm like co-laboring with him to create this baby. Like that's must, that must be what he's saying. You know, like the, the, I'm, I'm a carrier of this miracle, like a vessel of his glory. But three hours later, I began to miscarry our first baby. And that began the journey of learning to take God at his word, even when I didn't understand it. And to stand in faith on his word and to receive it as true, even when it didn't feel true, even when life didn't make sense, even when my own experience was saying, no, you're not. You've got this empty womb. Like, what vessel are you? It's just broken. You know, like that was the other spirits around that were trying to like come into that pain. And um, it was just an opportunity to learn how to trust his voice over my own experience and feelings and take his word to be true no matter what. And you know what, you guys, that's been a word that I have carried now for over a decade that God gave to my heart in those days. And I've actually given it away to countless others, not just in the same situation, but in other situations, because his word and his wisdom and, and what he wants to speak to each of us and then speak through each of us in the world today, it brings life and freedom from pain and bondage, even, even in our hardest moments. And since that day, like nine and a half years ago, Listening to God and inviting him to speak into my life has become a daily practice. And, and it's not something that's just reserved for this, like, if I'm actually getting time with God alone in the morning. Like, it's like a, Jesus, help me know what to do with this child or with this situation or how to respond with this or who do, who do you want me to encourage today? Or, you know, it's like, it is a relationship that is, open and for all of us like he is speaking and um because he's the wonderful counselor and he's lord of all and has incomprehensible wisdom on everything that is going on in our world and in our lives in our families everything and this is why encounter is one of the values that we carry here at Antioch Salt Lake City is because the more we encounter him daily, the easier it gets to hear his voice and obey his wise commands and counsel. So as we kind of begin to move towards the end here, um, I just want to share some other examples from my walk with him to just make it, again, all more practical and um, I don't know, simplified for everybody. So does that sound fun? Stories are fun, right? Okay, so there was um, several years ago, Chris and I were sitting in our kitchen and he's processing something with me and he's like, babe, let's just like, can you just wait and like, let's just ask God if there's anything he wants to speak into this particular situation. And so we're sitting at our island in the kitchen and I'm like, okay, God, like I speak, I'm listening, like here I am. And the word pebble comes to mind. 
And I'm like, surely not. Like, surely not. Like, there's no way. And I, and I like, didn't say anything. And we're just waiting. And, and i like, that is the only thing that's coming to mind. And so I'm like, okay, God, I'm going to share this with him in faith. And I trust you. Like, don't, don't think you're wrong here. And so I'm like, babe, the only word that came to mind was pebble. And he's like, pebble? Huh. Okay. And so I felt like from there, I was like, I feel like we're supposed to look up like the definition of pebble, like from the dictionary. And so we go and we look up this definition and it says, a rock that is made smooth by the crashing of waves on sand. And you guys, it was like unlocked something in Chris's heart in that situation. And it was exactly what God needed to speak. It was the revelation that God was speaking to him in that moment, in that situation. I'm like, huh. Pebble, like who would have thought? There's so many. And um, okay, so another story is there was um, it was right before we were leaving. So we we used to live in College Station. We were really involved with Antioch there for a long time. Went to Austin for a tiny bit, and then here we are. And so we were in College Station a year and a half ago, which was when this kind of whole journey began with bringing us out here. And one night, and I don't. This does not have this is new to me, the dream thing. Like, it doesn't happen to me often, but it's happening more often because I'm just asking for it. And um, so I, out of nowhere, have this dream, and, and I don't know if it was a dream or a vision, like, but it was in the middle of the night, and in my room, like, there was this, in my mind, like, there was a myrtle tree to the right, and there was this field of pink flowers to the left. And... So the next morning, I'm just like, okay, God, speak. Like, I don't know what that means. And so I'm like, Lord, I just start looking at Bible verses on myrtles and fields of flowers. And God brings me to Isaiah, and he brings me to Song of Solomon. And you guys, he spoke so profoundly through his already written word to this dream. And it it was like a word for our people. It was a word for us on the journey that we were beginning and leaving College Station and and um, and it was beautiful. And we, we can't have his voice without have, knowing his word. Like, you, you can't. You just can't. If you don't know his word, his voice is, is you're, you're just not going to know it. There's not going to be confidence in it. And, and you need to feed your spirit his word. You need to eat it like your daily bread. Um, Another one is, on our, as we were trying to figure out if Austin was where he was taking us last summer, we were interviewing with J.D. Griffin, and he's the lead pastor in Austin, and he was just sharing, like, how God had, he was just sharing a story about how God used, has used hawks to just kind of, like, you know, say, like, hey, I'm here, you know, just, like, in the most random things. He was just sharing this story, and one in particular where his wife had a stroke several years ago, and on the way to the hospital one day when he was, like, they didn't know if she was going to walk or talk again or what their life was going to look like, like, so many unanswered questions in that space, and um, he's, like, I kid you not, three hawks showed up and basically escorted me to the hospital. And so he's telling us this story, and I'm like, cool, that's that's cool. Like, God is near, and that he speaks to you through hawks. That's awesome. So we're, like, trying to figure out if we're supposed to move to Austin, move our whole life, our five kids, with the newborn. One of them was a newborn at the time. So fun. Um, and so we were driving because we're going to go have dinner with J.D. and Liz that night, and Chris and I are just talking, and we're like, well, what do you think? Like, 
what do you feel like God's saying? Do they feel like our people? Like, what do you think? And we're like, just kind of going back and forth. And I just kind of jokingly, I'm like, wouldn't it be great if a hawk just showed up on our drive over to this restaurant and just led us to the restaurant, just kind of gave us this like very clear yes, you know? And, and Chris was like, nah, like for me, I think I'm going to need to see a lion. And I'm like, okay. Like, in Pflugerville, Texas, good luck. And so we get to the restaurant, and um, we have to wait, but we have to wait in our car because COVID stuff. And so we're all four waiting in the car, and J.D.'s in the front, and I'm right behind him. And he's, like, leaning back. And if you know J.D., he's spoken here several times. He's covered in tattoos, y'all. And I've never seen this one before, but we're sitting there, and there is a giant face of a lion on his arm staring at me and I'm just like you have got to be joking like this is too hysterical and God's like you're going to Austin and checkmate like lion you know in Pflugerville Texas and I'm like okay we're going you know um and so you know and just it's the simplest things we were we were at in Mexico and the waves are crashing on the on the um the beach and my heart is like it was a season where my heart was felt like it was broken into a million pieces and and nothing made sense and I just needed the faithfulness of God and um, and he began speaking to me just through seeing the waves and that his faithfulness even when I can't see the waves like when I'm back in Texas and I'm not on the beautiful beach of Mexico that I can that his faithfulness remains, you know, and he speaks. He speaks through beautiful, beautiful pictures. And so he loves to speak, and it is a part of the beautiful journey that we get to be on. And so as we finish today, um, I just want to call to mind that the disciples had a revelation of God and a revelation of Jesus that came from spending time with him. It wasn't something that anyone told him. No flesh told the disciples that he was the Son of God. But the Father revealed it to him through a revelation from heaven because they were listening to his words and getting to know his character and spending time with him daily. So what if we were a people, a family, a bride, who were more concerned with listening to his word and his voice and obeying it than the fear of any man? We need to be done with letting the lack of faith of other men or even ourselves keep us from receiving the full gift of the wonderful counselor in every single area of our life. So I just want to, as we close today, um, we need church. We need an incomprehensible wise commander in these days leading and calling the shots to see our lives and our families and our cities and our nation and the nations of the world completely changed and restored and saved in the name of Jesus. So who is ready to walk and listen to this wise, wonderful counselor to actually be a co-heir with Christ, one who is filled with the spirit of the Lord, of wisdom and understanding, of counsel and might, and of knowledge and the fear of God. So as we respond today, I feel like there's two words that God gave me. There's some that need to receive, and there's some of us that need to repent. So for those of you in the room that need to receive, I feel like there's two different groups. First is just 
If you have never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, let tonight be the night. Because as you put your faith and trust in Jesus, who died on the cross for your sins to pay for it all and give you the gift of eternal life and forgiveness, the moment that you believe in him, you also get to receive the gift of his Holy Spirit that he puts inside of you and seals you in for the day of salvation. And so if that is you, I want to invite you to just say, Jesus, yes, I come into agreement with all that's being said here, and I receive you tonight as my Lord and Savior. And then the other receiving crew, I think, is just the people here that do this, that they're walking with God daily, and they're, they're, they're listening, and they're cultivating this relationship with God. And um, I feel like there's just freedom. I just want to give you permission to walk in that more. To, to ask more boldly, to seek more boldly, to to use it, to listen, not just for your own, for your truth with God from his word and in his spirit, but, but to bless others with words and to set others free. And so I just want to release you to receive. If there's, if it's for you tonight, if your heart's needing encouragement, say, God, what are you saying to my heart? Where do I need freedom? But if, if you're good, then say, God, who do you want to encourage here tonight? I release you and bless you to do that in Jesus' name. And so the other one, our response, and prayer team, if y'all want to come up, just so that maybe some people have pe people to respond with and pray with if you guys want to. Um, like I shared in our journey, that it began with repentance for us, for places that we didn't take God at his word and believe him for what he'd already said. And... Um, and so I, I, the lie that I want to call out and I want to invite you is the kindness of God that leads to repentance. And so in kindness, the lie that you could, might be believing is that God isn't speaking or that he just doesn't speak to me or that you can't hear him or he doesn't want to speak to you. And I feel like there is an invitation to repent and start believing God at his word and to, to believe that, that he wants to speak to you and that he is speaking and that he wants to be in partnership with you because he's already paid for it all. And so it is time to repent and receive and walk in this extravagant gift. And so, Lord, we bless you, the Lord, the wonderful counselor, incomprehensible wise commander who gives counsel. We just say, come, Lord, and speak. Your servants are listening.